InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. At any age, achieving financial independence and finding security can be a real challenge for the average American, but these days, the struggle to make it is hitting young adults especially hard. We're talking about 20 and 30-somethings, and with more on this, let's welcome Tamara Drought to InfoTrack. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Now, you're a director of the Economic Opportunity Program at Demos, a national think tank based in New York, and your work has appeared in major newspapers, magazines, and you've just written a book on this topic called Strapped, Why America's 20 and 30-somethings Can't Get Ahead. First, how many Americans are we talking about under 35 who are experiencing these financial obstacles? You know, it's a sizable chunk. It's probably around 60 to 70 percent. And the reason I say that is because the young people that are having a particularly difficult time getting ahead are those without college degrees, where in today's labor market, compared to a generation ago, these young workers are making considerably less money than their parents did when they were this age. And the population of people without bachelor's degrees is about two-thirds of the population. What are the factors that are behind this problem for the young adults? Well, you know, we all know that the economy has changed tremendously since the 1970s. And it's helpful to sort of look at this in generational terms because we tend to judge what's happening to young people today compared to how it happened for young people a generation ago. The reality is this big economic shift, some public policy changes that have happened, have all combined to make the ability to either work or educate your way into the middle class much more difficult than it was a generation ago. It's an erosion of earning power for those without college degrees. For college graduates, it's the increase in the amount of student loan debt that is now required to get that degree. And then there's the whole host of things that are squeezing Americans of all ages, but rising health care costs, rising housing costs, all of which young people are trying to absorb at a time when their earnings have not grown in a generation. Now, what would you say to somebody, perhaps an older person, who said, hey, I had it tough when I was growing up. I had to overcome all those things. What would you say to someone like that? The point isn't that it shouldn't be hard. It's always been hard, you know, this transition from full-time student to full-fledged financial independence is a difficult transition, you know, riddled with mistakes and risk. The reality, though, is at each sort of hurdle in the obstacle course to adulthood, from getting an education to what you can command in the labor market to the cost of housing to the cost of raising children, have grown much, much faster than earnings have risen. And at the same time, a lot of the safety net supports have completely disappeared. We're talking on InfoTrack with Tamara Drought, who's author of Strapped, Why America's 20 and 30-somethings Can't Get Ahead. Would you say that today, 20 and 30-somethings maybe have higher expectations for themselves because of the media and showing all the rich people and all of those things? Or is it the same as it always been? I think they absolutely do have high expectations. And the struggle comes because this generation has such high material expectations that is sort of projected onto it, but yet a lot lesser potential of achieving those material goodies than previous generations. The bar has been raised so high in terms of what young people should think they should be able to afford and have and the lifestyle that's projected about their generation and their ability to actually earn the money required to live that lifestyle. If you could look ahead in your crystal ball in 20 years 
and the baby boomers are much further along, and some of them are, have passed on at that point, and you're dealing with 20 and 30-somethings who are 40 to 50, where are those people going to be economically, assuming things pretty much stay the way they are? Well, I think they're going to be behind in terms of saving for retirement. They're going to be putting a tremendous amount of their income toward just paying the mortgage, whether it's 40%, 50% even. For those who can't afford the astronomical price of a house now in a good school district, they're going to be probably dissatisfied with where they're sending their kids to school. How about where the 20 and 30-somethings choose to live? Obviously, this has a big impact on the cost of living. Living in Chicago, New York, or Los Angeles, very expensive places to live. Do they tend to be more urban, maybe more inclined to be in an expensive market these days? Particularly young professionals, which when it comes to finding a low cost of living are kind of between a rock and a hard place. Because, you know, the reality is you have a college degree, you want to get on a career track. And if you look at where the hottest job prospects are, they tend to be in these higher-cost urban areas, L.A., the Silicon Valley still, New York, Chicago, Washington, D.C. But if you look at what young, non-college-educated adults are doing, is they're fleeing all of these areas. They're moving to places like Georgia, Colorado, Florida, in search of a lower cost of living. Now, getting into, I want to jump over to the credit card debt situation. I think there's a perception out there that people who are deeply in credit card debt have splurged. You know, they've just had no control over their spending. But you refute that and you say a lot of these younger adults are charging the basics, such as groceries and car repair or maybe going to a really important trip they have to take. And that's why the credit card debt is so crushing. We certainly all know people that use credit cards to live beyond their means and afford things like flat-screen TVs that they can't afford, so they charge it. But there's a sizable amount of people, particularly in this generation, that rely on credit cards as kind of a safety net. You know, if the car breaks down, chances are when you're 24, you don't have $1,000 in your bank account, particularly if you're paying student loan debt. You know, 40% of your income is going to the rent. And so credit cards serve that purpose for young people and also... Many young people enter the labor market not only with student loan debt, but about a quarter of college students use credit cards to help pay for their tuition. So there's lots of reasons people are turning to credit, and it's not always what we think it is. And we've done research at Demos that really bears this out, that the top reasons why people are going into debt is car repairs was the number one reason, medical expenses, and home repairs. Hmm. One of the things you advocate is to get credit card companies off of college campuses. Is That's that right? right. You know, when you step onto a college campus, there's just an onslaught of marketing aimed at college kids where you get the free T-shirts and the free water bottles and all of these free goodies if you sign up for a credit card. It's not that college students shouldn't have credit cards, but it should be offered to them at a time when they can actually look at the offer and make an informed decision and hopefully even talk it through with their parents so that parents know what their kids are getting into and students aren't taking on a credit card just to get a cool T-shirt. In looking at the possible solutions for this situation, and obviously this has taken years to develop the various trends in our society, you feel that, first of all, that young people 20 and 30-somethings should get more involved in the country, the political situation, in all facets of life, not be passive but be more active. 
I think that's critical. You know, one of the ways, major ways in which this generation really differs from its predecessor, the baby boom generation, is its lack of civic and political engagement. This didn't all just happen. Much of it is about public policy changes, and much of the solution is about changing public policy, and that means really getting involved and having a voice in the political process. And it's an idea that has really just been lost on this generation who typically views their personal problems as strictly personal and not as having a political solution. Mm -hmm. Tamara, any advice for someone in that generation or perhaps for their family? The best advice that I can give young people is remain optimistic. That's a shining quality of young people in America, and we can't lose that optimism. But balance that optimism with a heavy dose of realism And that means we have to turn things around, and every young person has the potential to make a real difference. Well, the book is Strapped, S-T-R-A-P-P-E-D, Strapped, Why America's 20- and 30-somethings Can't Get Ahead. And the website is strappedthebook.com if you want to check that out. Tamara Drought is the author. Tamara, thanks so much for joining us on InfoTrack. My pleasure. Next, why too many local politicians make dumb decisions and easy ways you can make things better. Stay tuned. Don't go away. InfoTrack will be back right after this.